Hello and welcome to the Ringo Zone. We have a very special episode. I say that every time. I'm Dylan. I'm Max, yeah. the other founding host who matters. I'm Natasha, the founding host that doesn't matter. That's right. You're not a founding host. You're not a founding host. Yeah, you're I was a founding editor, editor I was, who fucking I was literally just in the first your way on here. You were not in the you pilot. Never should have I was yeah. not in the pilot. I was. That's true. Pilot. I was yeah. in the first episode. So we've had some fans from our Discord pop on, and Evan's got a little stack of. Uh, statements like um, he's got no cards, you know. So for example, Stephen is a good guy, or uh, Bismuth is a terrorist, or Lapidot is the best ship. Things that are maybe a controversial or obvious or completely untrue. And uh, two teams of us are going to have to argue about who wins. I feel like instead, what we should do is just have two of us picked at a time to go one on one, and we yes, do yeah. All right, I was going to get it just you. We're all going to host it, but yeah, no, okay. So I'm I'm good with that. So um, who wants to be the first set of people? I'll I'll, I'll be go. I'll be one of them. Max okay, okay so me versus Dylan will be the first thing. All right, cool. yeah, so, cool. So Evan uh, and Natasha, I guess, will be moderating. We get to force right. viewpoints on. That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, so, so you can get interested in Luke. Reggie Mango, good friend of the program. Ah, and, ah yeah. Oh. And he's here Juan, tonight. Juan Tarpian, Australian. Literally tonight, yeah. because it's I'm fucking not like tough. six yeah. in the morning. There's a lot more Australia out there, apparently. There's a whole, I just whole, live near it. It's a whole thing. Oh, you live near it. Clontarf adjacent, okay. Yeah. The greater Clontarf area. <laughs> That's it. The Clontarf metropolitan area. Which ship is better? Lapidot or Stevani? Oh, Reggie, you assign. Reggie, oh, you retired um, from Nintendo of America? Please, please guide us, man. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. You don't even know my real name's Kirby as well. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Everybody. Yeah, yeah, uh, Max, right. take Lapidot. Oh, Dylan, it. take Stevani. Oh, per- thank you, baby. All right, I can work with that. <laughs> okay, so Savani's the best ship because uh, canonically uh, the the protagonist is in love with Akami, you know, ostensibly as his kids, and uh, they have representation of that. They're badass. They're cool. They uh, are are gender neutral, and you know the kids love that shit. So best ship, rebuttal. <laughs> go ahead, go like try to fight that. That's you know, they're okay. they're meant to be the best. Besides Garnet, they are the best ship. So, you know, somewhere if she's not pissed that we're doing this without her. Kayla is just laughing her ass off right now because I have to take this piece Yeah, I love it. I'm so happy, dude. I'm so happy. Okay, okay. This is what you get for going first. So, uh... Yeah. First one is killed. Come on. So, so, so wait. Wait, is it Stevenot or Lapidot? Lapidot. Lapidot. Yeah. No, if it was Stevenot, oh! I'd be enraged oh, because I I love, I'm was, a Stevenot. Oh, I thought, this, I thought you said Stevenot. No, no, oh. Lap, Lapidot. Okay. A little uh, easier to work with. God, actually, that's even worse. Fuck. <laughs> uh, okay, I guess what makes Lapidot work as a, you know, potential ship... A lot of people seek out a relationship because they feel like there's some kind of piece of themselves missing. And really, that's why we pursue lots of things in life, a career, friendships, hobbies, whatever. And ah. Peridot and Lapis have both been horribly thrown out of just, like, the lives they've known for hundreds or thousands of years. So... There are some differences, there are some struggles. For example, Lapis has essentially been a prisoner of a war that she didn't even want to fight for most of recent history, 
while Peridot has been a card-carrying member of the Evil Empire, who still has a lot of her old habits and thoughts that she's learned from that way of life that she needs to shed. Some are useful, some are detrimental. But the two of them have been placed together. They already, just as friends and roommates, are kind of using each other's company to figure out the people they want to be. They inspire each other's growth. And a natural closeness is indeed born for that. Uh, There is, unarguably, a very real kind of love between Lapis and Peridot, and it is not a stretch to argue that it could develop into something romantic. Well, you know what the crazy thing is? All of that can be said about Stevani. Yet you chose not to. Literally all of it. And Literally yet all of it. in your argument him. like the bitch you are. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, but yeah. Come on, I baby, mean... breaking debate rules with an ad hominem attack. What's up, baby? <laughs> That's how we argue around here. Zone. Yeah. yeah, no, this is the fucking Flinders on the Thunderdome, baby. Um, okay, alright. Uh, uh, rebuttal to that. So, Stevani is two people that are bringing each other closer and improving each other and making each other grow. And they kind of have a platonic love for each other that's inevitably going to be kind of romantic. That's all true, except mine's canon and they fuse. So, you know. Shit. That's my argument right there. So, what do you guys no, think? I can't make it. I well, can't make well, it. Do, do I get to do a rebuttal to yeah, the if you? Yeah, if you have a fair one, then you, yeah, they can top it. Go for it. <laughs> Okay, well, Stephen and Connie come from two very different worlds. What, Stephen Indian? Whoa, back up, Max. No, <laughs> no because Stephen is half is magical mean, space yeah. god, and yeah, Connie true. is not. But his Stephen background is, is as a normal American human, you know? Oh, true, but here's the issue. Off of the Bingo Stephen <laughs> does not age, at least not at the same pace Connie does. True. Connie will likely die very long before Steven does. Yeah, it's been While like Lapis gonna... and Peridot are immortal, so if you are full on board Savani, your heart's gonna be broken. Just, just I mean, you could just put it they use, and they just stay Over. immortal forever they're together. Connie's death. Yeah, okay. You're not allowed uh, to keep arguing I'll, I'll give you that one. I'll, I, you know what? I'm gonna say that I, rebu- I rebuff my last one. I'll let you have that be the, the final argument. I'm, yeah. Um, that's, that's fair. So yeah, guys, the one thing we gotta say? go is not interrupting each other. Oh, come on, oh, you know where you are. That's, that's right. gonna be hard to. I know. I, I, I guess this is where we'll try. This is we'll where we tally the vote on who won this. Yeah. What do you guys think? All right. Sound off if you think Dylan won. Uh, I think Dylan won. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with that. I, I yeah. would say so. Well, there we go. I guess Dylan won. All right. I also think Dylan won. It wasn't close. It was Max. We we just got the most uh, salient argument for Lapidot that we've ever had. That was the best argument that we've ever had for Lapidot, and it came from Max. So I'm happy for that. Um, (laughs) Max is the best at everything all the time. This is what happens when you. Max is like the personification. Of like an angry bard who put all of his stats into um, charisma. <laughs> what? Oh. I, I don't think anyone who's met me in real life would say that. And like fittingly, you're mind. the only Ringo host who hasn't met me in real life, so you would say that. <laughs> yeah. I would say that. Fittingly's <laughs> gonna, yeah. Um, all right, so that was all right. That was good. Uh, let's, let's, yeah. let's get the next one going then. Um, I'll who's next? 
Yeah, who wants to go? Well, next? I think as the loser, I'll go next against Natasha. All right, that's fair. Um, <laughs> God damn it, Petey Piranha Plant. Uh, <laughs> Petey Piranha Plant. Uh, thank you for this fucking question, because this is... The, the topic is, Watermelon Stevens must be destroyed before they usurp humanity. Uh, Max, I think you should take pro on this one. Okay. Oh, of course. Uh, and Natasha, you should take con. Oh, you're 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 putting the person. You're so you're putting the person who really loves robots and robotic ethics on the don't kill the autonomous beings who were created by humans. <laughs> yeah. I'm not I doing really a role like, reversal thing. Hey, I really like I really like artificial constructs too, for the record. Yeah. Max also loves smashing watermelons. I've never actually smashed a watermelon. <laughs> I get the sense you'd love smashing watermelons. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my argument. The Watermelon yes. Stevens themselves are not a threat. But well, they there is a very real danger of them overtaking the planet. Because right now they're all secluded on Super Watermelon Island where, frankly, their way of life and like religion seems pretty unstable and changes every time we see it. But they're basically their own tribe doing their own thing but at the same time their potential for growth which we've already seen is extraordinary and it's clearly unchecked just the first time they were in beach city when it was just watermelon stevens they were created but now they have a watermelon dog and they also have fucking watermelon sharks this watermelon based life regardless of the desires of the sentient members of it, is going to keep spreading on its own, uncontrolled. It's going to extend across the ocean, um, then it's going to reach land, we're going to get to see all kinds of watermelon creatures, and frankly, over time, it might be very slow, but if nothing is done to eradicate or at the very least contain and control the population it will spread across the world you know for all we know fucking watermelon birds are next flying freely every island oh my like God. You're making, making a really watermelon dumps through their green <laughs> rind cloacas and just spreading further seeds of century chickens by that measure guys and i'm sorry to say this but we need to go old yeller and take pumpkin behind the barn and no. shoot her for the sake of No, we don't know how pumpkin reproduce. Pumpkin may not be pumpkin. able to reproduce. I mean, she's actually all over, and you know. Well, okay, but when pumpkin does die of natural causes, we need to burn the seeds. True, fair. I'll give you that one. That, that's, that's an abomination. It's so that's one, my but... argument for why the watermelons be eradicated. <laughs> this feels really good. That is the most cohesive yep. argument I've ever heard really that all the work cloaca. Yeah, <laughs> man. Talk to you. Gotta mention the cloaca. It's important. Natasha, yes. do you think you can refute this argument? I can try. Like uh, a coward. Sure. Oh, uh, okay. we, might, we might have Caleb so. in as a heads up and Natasha go. Hey, well, all right. Oh, oh yeah, oh, we can, we, can, we, have some, we have some fresh, some fresh takes on some topics. Yeah. Anyways, so, I will, I will be up front. When Max was making his argument, 
I agree with everything he's saying. I now, agree with no, 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 no. argument. My no, 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 let me finish. I agree that the race of watermelon creatures of all species and makes and shapes that they come in do have all the symptoms of an invasive species. But they have one caveat that changes the game. They are, indeed, we have seen that they have sentience that is on par with humanity, as they have created religious beliefs, they have sex. Sex is in sex of religion. Don't don't get it twisted. <clears throat> they have and, sex. Uh, Dude, are the watermelons <laughs> horny? We need yeah. to know. They're just like bumping into each other, just to... a hollow noise, like boom, boom, boom. I think they're asexual beings who would like go through the motions of imitrating coupling rituals. Yeah, okay, exactly. So we had rock and roll. Y'all watermelon sex for like, people who haven't for people that haven't played near automata. Y'all are hitting way too close to the mark and things that happen in this fucking game. Are people fucking horny in that game, too? There are, there are horny fucking robots in that game. I'm not even like seen the movie Robots? Everyone's yes, definitely horny in that movie. Yeah. You guys yeah. seen the movie Robots? Someone tries fucking one eventually. But anyways, anyways, anyways. Like, well. <laughs> because, these, because the watermelon creatures have this level of sentience and self-awareness to them, it changes how we can possibly approach dealing with them. Because we, because be to, like we're we're talking it, normally to be scared of these things, we'd have to be what what if these watermelon things existed in our world? But they exist in the world of Steven Universe, where humans have this sort of like negligible take on these immortal alien beings existing alongside them. So compared to immortal god alien beings that can summon weapons from light and shit, I think a couple watermelon creatures are not going to pose as much of a mental threat to the human race as max would lead you to believe i think that in this wow. in, in the world of steven universe you fucking fox <laughs> news pundit <laughs> hey, this is a fucking debate i'm gonna go all yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah go go all the way man <laughs> but uh like in the world of steven universe if these creatures were to eventually uh, recreate a connection with humanity like socially if they were to interact with each other I feel like it would come out to be this sort of weird symbiotic thing where they, they don't seem like these races don't seem to have like this weird like mentality of death. They don't seem to treat it in the same way that like they, a they, human they pop into one to slices and they're cool with it pretty much. Yeah, they're just like, oh, that's that's what happens. So like if that were to fucking happen to like and not to mention a living watermelon shark as a concept sounds like it's some crazy sci-fi bullshit. But as we've seen in the episode where it premieres, that thing can be fucking pacified with a goddamn smooch on the nose. Like, these things are extremely easily swayed by positive emotional reinforcement. Like, it, as long as a slightly peaceful approach is given to these creatures, I feel like a, a, like a very positive social relationship between humans and the watermelons could be very easily created so like and you're, I, you're saying slavery right no yes. <laughs> this is what i'm hearing hey if it no i'm what saying what do we want them what are we gonna he's do said, with them, he's dude? saying he's saying coexistence okay coexistence. so it's like it's like we have yeah. a pack with them and they give us like they like if we if we just kind of get if we just kind of put our hand out in a handshake like they would they shake hands and then boom like hey they're cool they're not yeah, doing anything they, they we're here some really cool shaped watermelons that we'd all want to buy, and then we could get yeah. the fertilizer. And I we, we could buy them. 
You can own a watermelon. That's what I'm saying. I feel like it might be time for my rebuttal. Yes. Go ahead. Yes. Yes. So I understand where you're coming from, and ideally that scenario is possible if human melon coexistence. The big problem is this. The watermelons are incredibly easily swayed. Ooh, true. Including up to things like sacrificing their own because they think it will appease Malachite. Yeah, get get Putin are, in there. Who knows what we'll have. Yeah, here's the thing is, we know not all humans in the world of Steven Universe are in fact good. You have your fucking Martys out there. There are always going to be people that are selfish and manipulative. Ideally, yes, humans and the melons could coexist, but the melons are perpetually like children in just how malleable their worldview is. And even sometimes a little temperamental. Like, we've seen they can be dangerous. We've seen them do this creepy, hissing, growling thing. <laughs> the me- the melons true. on their own, le- left to their own, the watermelon humans by their own devices are mostly benign beings. But even they are capable of infighting and tribalism. They are not fundamentally better than humanity. And there is no guarantee that it would be a smooth transition or even a fully possible transition to peaceful coexistence because the second that one human smashes one watermelon Steven or even eats one regular non-living watermelon, it could be fucking chaos. Yeah, they are an episode com- about them. Left to their own, awesome left to their own devices, they are a completely unpredictable factor. But I thought that was a really good argument, and I'm down the middle, so I'm really curious. How all right, you so all Natasha, feel. final I, thing. Final, final rebuttal. Um, I feel like that is a, that is also a fair point. My only caveat is um, the the watermelon people are really strange in how they progress because. The, the tribalism concept is is extremely valid, but the rate at which they've evolved, because they, they've existed for, like... Oh, it's maybe, like, two years. Two years in their, like, third, fourth appearance after two years. They went from animal to organized religion, separated organized religions, within two years. And that's without any sort of uh, intervention by... Human, by human force, aside from Stephen inhabiting one of their bodies, but his interference with them was negligible at best. And with that level of like uh, advancement in the way that their culture works, who's to know how far along they'll be by the time they eventually get reintroduced to Stephen and the other gens at some later point? Like they could be a microcosm of modern day humanity by the time Steven gets to interact with them again. And at that point, when they have that level of uh, like social self-awareness, an, an eradication option is just one, like a, a extremely like dangerous nosedive of a position to take against that. And two, it's irresponsible to assume that because they're newer, 
that they don't deserve as equal a stance of existence as humanity, especially if they're on equal footing socially and mentally. And that's my stance. You know, I just realized, as you were saying that, that, that the Watermelon Stevens are kind of that trope where, uh, you know where Lisa had that tooth in the Triassic Horror, or Cartman got all that cum in South Park, and like a little society builds, and then they're the yeah, god I of the society. I do not remember that. No, it's, 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 a, very common, it's a very common trope. We, well, yeah, it's, it's, a tale as old, it's a tale as old as time, yeah. with like, they a, new, the little a new society sentient race shows up, yeah. I never looked at the episode as being used, uh, Watermelon Stevens as being that trope, but they like, Totally are. Yeah, they, they absolutely I, they never, totally are. They I never are, looked at them that way, but it's They are a rapidly advancing a sentient species that is, uh, like, adv- that is growing on Earth alongside yeah. humans. And at some point, humans are going to have to interact with them. And by the and with the rate that they're going, they're eventually going to be on par with humanity. And at that point, simple eradication is just, like, way too drastic a choice for a race that is that sentient. Are we killing them all or not? What do we say, guys? Uh... I think, based on the arguments, I say that they must be killed. Yeah. Yeah. Murdered, smashed, I, smashed good. I'm. I, I say saved. By, okay, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm on team kill, but first we monitor. Yeah, we got to keep track of them. We got to make a very yeah. I did. Decision. I did put forward containment as an option. Yeah, that would be that would yeah. be the idea. So yeah, containment slash kill. Yeah, the I was really bad. looking forward to just killing them all, but Natasha managed to convince me that interaction with the watermelon Stevens is good. Axe his whole smashing idea with the seeds being spread by watermelon bird cloaklias and such. <laughs> Uh, yeah, smash the watermelon animals, not, yeah. not the Stevens. Kill, 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 kill. Okay, um, give it to Natasha, because I agree with them a lot more, but Max had such a harder argument to give. Yeah, that so was... I'm going with Max. Yeah, that was my okay. exploit as well. No offense, Natasha. Uh, I guess that puts it, I, I think, yeah, I guess that puts I mean, it... That's I, three I, to two in my That's favor. three to two, yep. Good job, Max. All right, well, we're killing them. Got we're killing them all. Yeah. All right. Woo! Next up right. is Natasha versus Dylan. All right. Oh What's the topic? All right. Okay. Considering yeah. Lars and Sadie's relationship at the start of the show, would it be a good or healthy idea for them to get together as of Lars's return from space? Oh, it's Reggie. It's Reggie's Dylan question. Reggie. Hello. Yes. Yeah. Who's taking this? All right. Who's taking one side? Um, uh, Natasha. <clears throat> all right. To be another all right. Give me a second. So, listeners of the podcast will know that I think most of the hosts of the podcast all kind of agreed at some point that at the beginning of the show, Lars was just like an annoying piece of shit. He wasn't irredeemable, but he was an annoying little garbage baby. Mm -hmm. And, like, even the Crooniverse kind of was self-aware of this joke that, like, Lars and Sadie was a ship that should be sunk. But, like, in terms of character development, I think that Lars and Sadie, in terms of all the Beach City citizens... They probably have the most impressively written arcs. Like they're they're the ones that feel like they actually kind of have gone through enough shit in their lives since the show has started that like they have had the most like satisfying character arcs. And I feel like initially like their ship was sort of a uh, crack ship, crack ship. That's the term. Oh yeah. Yeah, it, like, it, back then it would be, like, people shipped it, but they knew it was a crack ship because they were not really great people. But I feel like because of how fleshed out their character arcs have been, while I wouldn't say that they should jump into a relationship, like, immediately as, like, 
as of like whatever the next episode of the show will be in the new season. I feel like there's a lot more groundwork that can be laid out for them to have an a an actual romantic relationship with each other going forward. Even if it's not perfect, it's not like some sort of weird, toxic representation of romance that you see a lot in different shows. And I think that that is a good basis for a relationship to rise up from. That's fair. I agree with all that. Okay. Um, well, uh, but, again, but, as we've said, not a great start to your argument. But, but this is the thing. This is the thing. They, yeah. they could, like... They could date like they 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 are like the classic. Uh, I would actually almost compare them to anime. Like we were best friends as children, so therefore we now have to have sex. Like that weird thing that always happens. Like yeah, they can fall into that category in media, sure. But why were Lawrence and Sadie even friends? Like because they both took the same fucking job at this shitty donut store. They had like they weren't. There was no indication they were like buds outside of this. They weren't like hanging out, eating lunch together and shit. They just worked at this donut shop and that made them close. And like while that brought them together, I feel like, um, and, and that, that does mean something and they do have a legitimate connection now. Lars is responsible for uh, one, two, three, four, five, just as the fusion. And then like, so that's like maybe up to 10 gems that he's responsible for. Like he's their captain. Like, they, he's not going to abandon them. He's going to help them relocate to Earth. And he's going to, like, show them the, the fucking culture and the planet. And I feel like he has some innate responsibility, even though it's not like... It's not like he has to do it. it it's They've gone through so much that he kind of is responsible to all of them. Especially considering where he brought them. And I feel like Sadie is literally, like, the lead singer in an up-and-coming band that has this, like, massive millionaire behind them pumping them full of money to get, like, amazing gear for all their shows while they, like, expand rapidly. They're never going to see each other. Like, they're never going to be around each other. So, like, as much as they will be, but they, like, they make the effort, it's not going to be like they're seeing each other so much that it's viable to have a relationship now, and they're both responsible and mature enough now that I think that they see that, and they would just not Kayla's here! And Kayla's here. Kayla! Hey, Kayla! Hey, Kayla! We're arguing can... Lars and Sadie be a thing. Uh, Natasha's started his argument for yes. Dylan has just started his argument for no. I, I just finished mine for no pretty much. So, I'm, so just to really summate really quickly. They, when are they ever going to see each other? They have totally different lives and they have huge responsibilities on each side because they know they can't they're not going to just ruin their relationship for that. They're going to stay friends. So uh, Natasha, you got anything you got anything for that, bud? I can you dink. <laughs> Come at me, motherfucker. Let's go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be completely honest right up front. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I had absolutely not considered the whole they have personal responsibilities like that. <laughs> that threw me for a fucking <laughs> loop. So that's a really good fucking point. Uh, uh, my counter to that, I guess, would be: I feel like the if they were going to approach, if the universe was going to approach them having a relationship, I feel like good material for them to go off of that would be those responsibilities they have are we allowed to like um provide uh, exterior uh, like, role to help you're not supposed to but no. people you've been will. doing it anyway yeah, it's <laughs> happened multiple so, times already i don't know i we were going at 2 p.m my time so i'm i missed all of the fucking the preamble um, but um i feel like like yeah like i said like good material for um trying to experiment with that relationship would be their responsibilities 
to their to the other halves of their lives. Yeah, that would be, that would be a good story too if they had to like break up because like they just can't make it work, and then it's kind of sad. But like you kind of like learn a little bit about the world as a kid. Something that gets overlooked a lot in media, I feel, is long distance relationships, and I feel like that could be a really interesting way to do it. You know why I think it's not though? It's because they don't work. Like I've been in several. They just they don't. You are growing opposite direction. So like it's like it's like a very sad story. I think that's why you never see it. You know what I mean? Also, I feel- I'd like to add that like a voice call between two people in a romantic relationship from a Stephen only perspective is really weird. Oh yeah, Stephen's gonna be there <laughs> oh, like, like behind <laughs> behind the phone. Like Lars, <laughs> Lars, how are you do? in the Lars, dial for the binoculars? <laughs> Stephen yeah. just hacked into the network. Yeah, I was more taking the approach that he comes in on the tail end of it. He's not he's not there for like the all right. What are you gonna say next, Lars? What's gonna happen next? No, like he's coming in as like Lars is like okay. I've got some stuff. I'll talk to you later, Sadie. Bye. But sure, that's a good take. To t- that's a good perspective to take on it. Dylan, was that your rebuttal to the rebuttal? Uh, you no. Know, I mean, my my. I guess I take Kayla's opinion as a, a wild card. Oh, oh, we could. Are are we tagging me in? I feel like. Yeah, I feel I like. Yeah, now that we've got enough hope. Partial tagging. Okay, yeah, let's well, tag each other Dylan, randomly. Dylan, if you win this round, Kayla gets the point. Hey. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Well, I, I think you guys oh, actually shit. already covered what I was going to say, where I was just musing on how Steven Universe is very good at handling imperfect relationships. Um, So if Lars and Sadie, it, like a canon relationship, and it didn't work out, I would really be handled uh, more meaningfully than if they were in a relationship and they were just fine. Yeah. I hear that, I hear that. Yeah, but I think you guys already basically touched on that, so I'm... Alright, well, voting time, <laughs> voting time. Yeah, what do you guys think? When... Uh, I am gonna give it to... Natasha. Hey. Dang. Come on, well, come on, Someone, someone's gotta, gotta see the error of this relationship. I'm gonna say Dylan. <laughs> I am go. also gonna say Dylan. Alright. Yeah, Dylan for me. Alright, cool. I think that, yeah, that's it for Dylan, Dylan won. Dylan gets the point. Kayla also gets the point. Hey, that's so nice. That's like a participation trophy. Yeah. Well, you could get back to the team, the team format. It's it's now. more pity because we started without you. But um, <laughs> yeah, so actually, do we want to try the team format now? Yeah, uh, so, sure. Yeah, so, sure. So from now on, it's me and Natasha versus Dylan and Kayla. With Evan oh. moderating, yeah. Yeah. Okay. No plan. All right, so everything else is the warm up. Now it's time for the real <laughs> yeah. shit. This is this yeah, is the preamble's over, fuckers. Here's the title screen. Over on the shades, right? <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the Rico Zone podcast. <laughs> no, no, uh, no. We're keeping the last forty. Um, Rico, the Rico Zone two point eight final prologue is ended. Run the intro music again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this next question comes to us from PD Piranha. Oh yep. boy. Blue, did you submit? Any yeah, I was questions? gonna say. Yeah, we didn't get any for Blue. I sort of forgot. <laughs> if you want to send some to Evan while we're doing the next debate, if you've got some ideas. Yeah, This question. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, is going to be Fryman had kids not out of love, but for cheap labor. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ! Oh, I love it. Oh, oh my God! God right. I love you, uh, baby. Yep. Thanks. Oh my God! All right. So where where are we splitting? So glad I got to debate this. All right, yeah, Evan. Or no, BD, give us our sides. 
okay. Uh, Wait, first we need to pick team names. Oh yeah, oh, that would shit. help. Oh, shit. All right, Natasha, what should we call our team? Where we are, Shoutbot Four Thousand. Shoutbot Four Thousand. <laughs> kind of matches you right. guys, yeah. I feel like uh, something, something like self-medicated. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, uh... narcolepsy incorporated. Yeah. Yeah, that works for me. Yeah, narcolepsy. Narcolepsy, narcolepsy incorporated. That's good. Right, Shoutbot Four Thousand versus narcolepsy Inc. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, okay, yeah. Shoutbot Four Thousand, you're doing kids for the child labor. Yes. 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 You yes! <laughs> other one. They will be doing the kids for love. Okay. Aww, All right, who's going first? I'd say we let narcolepsy go first. Yeah, okay. they might fall asleep. We don't know what they're Yeah, yeah we, don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> we don't know what they're doing. We don't with them. So, um, one, I, I believe that Mr. Fryman um, probably uh, had what, sex with a woman and that she made those kids. And it wasn't a, it wasn't, he didn't have Probably. all the control over the plan there. So the only options here are he got her pregnant and then killed her to get kids for free labor, or she was also the most evil woman in the world and had children to, to have free labor. And both of those seem unlikely to me. He's a pretty good guy. You know? That That's your that yeah. opener. I don't jump it into this. I don't know. Yeah, no kidding. That was an opener. <laughs> okay, so I guess I'll yeah. start. By engaging my teammate in a dialogue here. Natasha? Yes. Yes. Okay. Question. So, you know, we were talking about, like, the watermelon Stevens, and, you know, we got pumpkin and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess just... Oh, I know where you're going. My question is, are we sure that the Fryman family isn't a bunch of sentient potatoes? See, my my take on it... I'm glad you brought this up, Max. My take on it was that... paint Paint a picture with your mind. Fryman oh, is working. I'm brush ready. I've got my mind easel. Let's do this. Fryman is working a regular shift at his restaurant in Beach City. One day, he's working the fryer. His hair is a bit strange. It doesn't function the way normal hair does. And one day, two large chunks of his hair fall into the fryer, and okay. he watches as they don't behave. It doesn't behave like normal potatoes do. Right. Suddenly, the bubbles begin to froth, and out from them burst two beautiful boys. Okay. okay. And that's that. That's but, that's that's how they were born. Where's Ronaldo? No, they had to I just, have been born I, at different. Ha- this had to have happened twice. twice yeah. No, she's got to. No, 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 no. No, no, no. The PD PD come out came out a little. Uh, he was like amethyst. He came out a bit stunned. Okay, so what's interesting there? Oh, is no, the obvious. Well, wait, wait. We're not. We're not done. We're not done here. We're not done here. No, because but I was gonna. I, just I was just gonna. No, no, no. I'm not. Fact. I'm not gonna debate. I'm not gonna debate you. I'm. I'm gonna. Uh, um, like a russet potato, and PD is like a fingerling potato. Yes, oh, possible. Yeah, okay, that's but entirely here's possible. My, here's my thing, because we've met Fry Man. Yeah. But, <laughs> fry no. Man. Yeah. No, yeah. there's no Fry Mom. Yeah. There just uh, isn't. We've never she's met. Dead. Mm. She died from all the. Mm. All those fucking fries mm. killed her, dude. All that sodium. We don't. We don't know that. It's never been stated. We just know. Well, I, I'll say this though. I, I, what I like about your idea is that means that, like, hypothetically, Ronaldo came out like if they both came out at the same time, as both 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 French fries fell. That he came out full size, as did Petey, because they were like, in relation to each other, and he's just been this weird fucking man child like since being a child. Well, that's you know what I mean. Like, I, I like the idea. Well, of I'll, I'll, I'll wait till our rebuttal. I sort of want to interject briefly, and yes. I don't like the precedent that the Fryman's producing asexually 
produces, considering how many people without moms we see in the show. <laughs> That's a good point. No, no, no. Everybody's He's the exception. He's the exception to the case. Fryman does not function by normal human standards. Are we swinging it back over to our? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, time. Sure. I'm gonna put forward that Fryman did have children for love because, uh, well. Actually, hmm, hang on. Let me. I'm also. Listen, guys, um, I'm, I'm switching my meds right now, so I'm maybe not the best to be coming up with, like, good words for arguments. Okay. So I, I am doing, I am doing my best. Thank you for waiting for me. I will not bring much to the table. All right. All right. So. Natasha. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, don't worry about it. It's cool. Okay. It's cool, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, I can see maybe they're in love, they have some children, and then, oh no, Fry Woman dies. And that's very sad, and the kids have to help in the shop. But I would also argue, like, that's not fucking child labor. Like, like that's just, uh, how else are they going to spend time with their dad? What is it going to do? Go home and I'll be back at eight every single day? Be raised by your fucking babysitter that I can't afford because I run a fucking fry shop. What else is he supposed to do and be yeah. a father? And also, it it kind of seems like family-owned businesses. We've got the pizza family running yeah. their stuff. We've got the Fryman family running their stuff. I think Mr. Smiley... I think Smiley definitely, like, worked at the arcade after his music career failed and then took over as manager. Yeah, something like that, Fun but like, the, like the the idea of inheritance. Well, yeah, I, 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 inheritance is definitely true, though, because like claiming that that's a possibility, and then maybe a, a strength in my argument. So yeah. that right. that that's my argument against uh, him having child slaves. Um, so inheritance also thought... works uh, for the entire town, since you know the Deweys have run the town for that's, years. That's true. Yeah. Oh my God. Everywhere. I I yeah. would like to talk now with my colleague about. Yes. The actual characters of those Fry Boys, Fry yes. Boys, Fry Boys, <laughs> yes. because yes. they might indeed be sentient fries. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing: is that they don't seem to get fulfillment out of working at the fry shop. Petey, we first meet him, is all this existential dread about the futility of work, how it sucks away at your life and can never get back, and that is far more advanced than a normal child's thoughts on the subject, which leads me to believe that he did come out of Fry fully grown as that creature with a fairly advanced level of thought. And Ronaldo is basically openly rebelling against his so-called father, the creature that spawned him through his follicles in Greece. Ew. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's I mean, a horrible sentence. I mean, think about it. Is Ronaldo well, himself not the embodiment but... of Greece? Yes. Uh, I, have, I, have a, I have a point to build off of that. Yes, you're entirely right. That Petey has this weird, like, as you said, weirdly advanced sense of um, dread and nihilism for somebody his age. But not only that, he has this sort of, like, I don't want to work at, at, at the Fryman stand. It sucks the life out of me. But he goes and opens his own business. He he go he continues he, he he rebels against this like capitalistic nature, but the only thing he can do in response is not rebel against it, but create his own version of it. You know, he you can't es- he can't escape he, he despite the fact that he despises this like 
existence that he has, that is, that is the only way of life he knows. And that sort of personality and that sort of uh, like thought process does not come from somebody who was raised out of love. He is a sl- he is a no, slave no, 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 to capitalism. Whoa, 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 whoa! The question was not raised with love. It was why was did, why did he have the kid? He was not created so, with love. Granted, no, 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 no. You're saying that the daily life of working in the world, which by the way will happen to all of us if it hasn't happened to you already, and I imagine it's happened to a few of us at least, where you realize that everything is bullshit. The world is hell. Oh my God, this is everything. Ah, and is there going to do but, anything else? I need to do sir, it myself. And if I do it myself. The attitude That's, of a child in, that young working in his family yeah, store. because because it was a bit because it was a TV show. So my point is, if the question it's is, all the TV. If the uh, argument okay, is no, 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 why do it's all a TV show. You are arguing. You are arguing. You are arguing, no, you're arguing in the context of the TV that show. That is true. Though. That is true. But I, okay, just the, if the you argument is why did he have the kids, I, it doesn't seem to be there's any evidence. Right. That's why yeah. we really like right, never we'll, see this fucking guy interacting with his kids after. Yeah, it is. He is negligible at best. What were you gonna say, Kayla? First off, I'm, I'll I'll say we probably don't see a lot of screen time of Fryman interacting with his kids because that's not what the show is about. Going back to like the the world is hell, this is everything. Ah, uh, God, I think that the takeaway for our side of the argument is that once once one realizes and one must realize that the world is hell and this is everything, the only little little spark of joy that one can think of the only little spark of hope that maybe like the future isn't completely not worth it, not worth living through, not worth fighting for, not worth trying to make a difference. What better way to construct a more loving future than raising loved children? So, so mayhaps, uh, Fryman, uh, asexually or with a woman uncalled. So you acknowledge the possibility of them being potato spawn. I'll concede that that could be a possibility because it does not negatively mm-hmm. impact my argument. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very good point. Duly noted. All right. Yeah. Listeners, your thoughts. I thought I, Evan I would give us his opinion first. Oh, yeah. He's the moderator. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I certainly yeah. could. Come on, get on uh, your job. This, this is your no, job. Man. God, I'm Evan. Slacking. I'm slacking. Okay, I, okay but, but because Surprising of no how one. the number of reactionaries are even now, Evan can give his opinion, but it does not count towards the vote. Yes. Oh, whatever. Evan, Evan, just, you're you're an adult man. You can make you can you can say your mind. You're not you're not swayed. I come on. Uh, Evan, I I believe that now the uh, the bright side of keeping the kids in the marriage was uh, cheap labor. However, I believe they were originally conceived for cheap labor. Oh, what? Oh, what? Oh. <laughs> All, right, All right. Okay. I get it. I see. I Mr. See. Fryman right. and his wife were getting a divorce. He was like, fine, you can take the house and the oh, cars. I'm keeping the whatever. kids slaves. But All I'm right. keeping the kids <laughs> to make it hurt you and also their cheap labor for me. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the divorce was messy. See, for a second, I thought you were going to say they were conceived during the divorce proceedings, and part of her agreement is she has to carry these children, like, for nine months. Just Jesus Christ! <laughs> that would be horrible. Like, she's the breadwinner. No. Oh my like, god, I thought what I said was I, I, I want a babe, but, like, some fucking... That's where I thought you were going with this, from the way you were saying it. He's not a cracker! <laughs> yeah, that took a, that took a, not I even, mean, a, I don't even know if it's a dark turn, it's a fucked up one, though. Um, it, it, it's it's dark. I think it already started dark. Alright, yeah, I'm going with uh, Kayla, and like, Kayla exclusively. <gasps> Yay! Ah! So fuck me, thank you, alright. 
I really appreciate that turnaround that she did where she just invalidated your entire central argument. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that very much. Alright. So, although I like the idea of them being potato spawn, I think that they were originally made out of love because he just seems like a nice guy. Hell yeah. Okay, that's fair. I am convinced by the uh, in for love argument since uh, you two at SmartBot4000 were just arguing for a round and a half about them being potato spawns and not the labor. <laughs> That's not a real question. The they I weren't created real. purposely. They fell into his life and he's like, shit, I might as well put them to use. Okay, you yeah. know what? That's the majority of fucking humans. And we all tell ourselves the lie that it was for love, so just, you know. Okay, fine! Narcolepsy <laughs> Inc. wins this round. Love is dead and everyone's dead. Yeah, God damn it. Right, the next thing is from Blue Shades. Blue? Yay! Hey, yeah. finally! He enters the ring. In light of Mr. Smiley's successful music and comedy career, is he the most successful individual to come out of Beach City? Oh, shit. Oh, damn. Okay, what's that? What are the arguments? Okay, okay. Jays, where are we putting us? Fuck. Okay, um, you guys will argue yes. He oh. is the most successful. And we argue that he's not, thank God! Yes! Okay. I was hoping to be anti-Smiley. Alright, so... So can what... we go first this yeah, time? Oh, fuck. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Alright. I, mean, I had Let, a really good just, opener. Fuck, okay, go ahead. Let's just face the fact... Uh, for, for, for the starter, we need to establish what the definition of success is. There's a lot of different factors, but I think ultimately we need to quantify success. And Natasha, tell me if you want to alter this at all. Uh-huh. As Go ahead. It's, it's a two-factor thing. Mm-hmm. Is that the person needs to be like fulfilled and happy with where they are in life. And mm-hmm. the second thing would be some kind of greater impact that spreads out from them. Does their success breed happiness in others are they affecting other people's lives in a meaningful way natasha you agree with that i would agree i would add a small and this is uh, a sort of half optional factor that can be added i feel like success does not require this but it, it adds to the concept there should be some level of monetary value and like i said it's optional fair, but fair. there is well, a small there has to be a small level of monetary value to that okay. success and just in general like audience would you agree with this you can't you cannot uh, yeah. establish fucking facts during your argument that's bullshit because how okay, much would you refute fair. that okay. if you um, know mm. fair 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 right. sorry hold on okay but since i came up with the question i'm gonna tell dylan to shut up and give my opinion anyways all right go ahead okay. i'll allow that i'll allow that, uh, I like that. Uh, i'll allow it I think that monetary success is not necessarily a component of success, but it certainly yes. helps. Yes. All right, it's an aspect. So, Especially... so it is an argument in favor, if it can be proven. So here's my argument overall. Mr. Smiley is not a happy man. We've seen he had a music career, he had an entertainment career, but he doesn't still have those. And from what we gleaned into them, it never seems like he wanted to have stopped any of that. Because even now, he's still grabbing on to whatever scraps he can as the, you know, MC of the wrestling competition or all of the different talent shows and concerts and stuff. Mr. Smiley is still very much a man who wants to be on stage. In general, he's kind of straight up told us that he experiences some kind of dread and dissatisfaction with his life. Now, yes, 
he is a successful owner of a business that does not seem to be hurting for money at all, even though Onion is constantly pilfering from him. But Mr. Smiley, possibly by the monetary factor, he might be the richest man in Beach City before Greg. But unlike Greg, he isn't happy in general. He doesn't have a family. He doesn't seem to have accomplished anything meaningful that brings him some kind of satisfaction. Mr. Smiley just doesn't seem fulfilled. I guess if I had to argue anything, it would just be like a, a counterpoint to the um, to not just him not being the most successful, but I feel like a, a placeholder for who is the most successful, I would argue that it's probably Greg. Nope. Yes. In terms of nope. all three of those factors that we've introduced, um, how much uh, how much happiness they have in their own life, how much happiness they bring to others, and uh, like I said, the uh, slightly um, I fully agree the, the unnecessary saying. monetary value. Greg fulfills all of those uh, in spades. Okay, so uh, um, we get into more detail on so, that in our. Too, but now we should let narcolepsy. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Team so, narcolepsy. All right. Um, let's look at the town real quick. So, Fryman, what's his life? Uh, first of all, I, I don't know if I agree with your definitions of everything, but okay. He's got some kids. He makes a little bit of money, and he services a local population. He spreads, let's say, two on the scale of ten. Same thing for pizza. Let's look at Vidalia. Let's call that a, a two because she raises children, and that's a good thing, and that's virtuous. Etc. 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 But the only yes. real co- a person that you could say is any way able to compete for this is Greg. <laughs> so here's what Greg's accomplished: uh, he's washed cars locally, which is just a service, so nobody appreciates it. Uh, it's not a fun service; it's just you know, like he's a service provider. Um, so Greg's big claim to flame, fame here would be that he made a bunch of money and that he had a, a national syndicated commercial. Would, would that be, would you guys agree that that's what your argument would be for Greg? No. No, okay. that's not but what Also that he's is. happy, but I'm saying beyond being happy. Also he's the father of Steven beyond, Universe, that doesn't matter. of the it, town and that doesn't and no, like an no, entire no, alien no, you, don't, you don't get to take credit for your fucking children's accomplishments. That's bullshit. We will, and we'll so, do it in round two. Okay, so, <laughs> uh, so then you also have to take credit for all their sins, and I think that gets a little bit confusing for the entire world when you do that. Uh, but okay, so my, my point is, though, uh, what Greg has done has been spreading <laughs> disease across the country and killing people. If you're going to look at the impact of his music, he's actually caused a lot of deaths and a lot of funerals and a lot of tragedy for people who have, you know, uh, heart disease. And Mr. Smiley, at worst, I guess, has made people wait online for a roller coaster at a major tourist destination. So he has a large group of people who he makes happy nonstop across throughout the year and also supports the is only real reason there's any economy for the rest of the town so you're welcome rest of every single business owner that's the only reason anyone beyond locals are here and his own personal happiness you guys decided that makes him successful or hap or anything that does not have to do with success if, you, if you're Joan of Arc and you fucking save shit, but you get fucking roasted or whatever, like, you're still a success. <laughs> Even if you weren't too happy dying, you still won. You know what I mean? You're still, you still got what you were trying to do. And what Mr. Stanley's trying to do is make smiles. And as far as I can tell, he did a pretty good job across the board at it. He just had one comedic partner who wasn't really down. And he wasn't meant to ever be a musician. That's, otherwise, he's great. He's done great. And he hasn't hurt anybody. <laughs> 
and I, and to close on that, and Caleb, please go next, but I think that if you <laughs> hurt somebody, then that should negate away from the person that you're helping. If we're going to look at this like it's virtue ethics or whatever that's called. All right. I'm, um, I will say that Mr. Smiley was so dedicated to achieving success that he shed the weight of Mr. Frowny, who was impeding his comedy act. Mm. Oh, fuck. Ow. That is a wow. No, not roasting. That's just holy fuck. We just <laughs> took a, the sharpest left turn into real. Very, very harsh shots at Mr. Frank. I got whiplash. Yeah. yeah. No, I know. I said I was going to say something part. horrible. <laughs> I love it. Uh, that's all I got. Oh damn! Oh yeah. fucking! No, I'm, wow, I'm that's just, a mic I'm drop. Putting, I'm, good, I'm, I'm putting a I'm putting a button on our argument with that bump. <laughs> Thank you. Shit. All right. I'm I'm good on my side. Kill. Have you anything to add? No, I'm good. Cool. All right. Um, well, uh, I'll take the reins on this one. I think uh, both sides made totally valid points. And I do love me some Mr. Smiley, but I got to give it up. It's Mr. Universe, man. Uh, no one can uh, resist the universe. As for my vote, now I was very torn between these two sides. But I eventually realized that I couldn't give it to Max and Natasha because instead of arguing that Steven is the most successful individual in Beach City for taking down a galactic empire... They tried to argue that Greg was more successful through Steven. Dylan and Kayla really trapped you into talking about Mr. Greg for almost like the entire debate, which is why I give it to them. Hell yeah. Tactics. I'm voting because I'm petty and it's fun. <laughs> we have one more vote. Okay, one more vote. okay I changed my entire perspective. I respect that. <laughs> but we have two people we haven't heard from yet. Right? Yes, Petey and Reggie. Yes, yeah. can go. Evan's not a vote. Yeah. True. Petey. Okay, uh, I am convinced by Max and Natasha that Mr. Smiley is not fulfilled in his life. All right. To them. Fair. Reggie, I Reggie. think I'm in the same boat. Yeah, Max Boom. and Natasha. Woo! Shout out 4,000! Yeah, I'll die on this hill. I'll I guess you could say hill. we slept on that argument a little. Hey! Ah! Yeah. All right, I think, um. I think this has to be the last one between the team yeah last one one more last one for those of you filling out your bingo cards at home take your marker and cross off awful pun (laughs) you're welcome y'all i gotta i gotta bounce after i pose this question all right uh well in that case in that case real quick i have a question yes steven should convert to rastafarianism the team arguing for this is Evan. The team arguing against this is Evan. Evan, you go first. Okay, so <laughs> thank you for uh, giving me this time and the platform to speak on this issue that I care oh so much about. Just <laughs> 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 What is it really? I can't breathe. Oh. Some people might say that it's just a religion about smoking weed. And to those people, <laughs> I say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. No, 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 let's hear this out. I no, want no, to hear no, no. this out. No one interrupt him. Rastafarianism is so much to so many people. <laughs> and I, for one, think that Steven Universe fully exemplifies all of the attributes <laughs> of Rastafarianism uh, that I could go on and on. Yeah, all I that good list stuff besides smoking weed that everyone Evan, thinks is going to be. Evan, your rebuttal. Yeah. But I won't. Sound like you're um, crying as you argue. <laughs> as I'm sure my opponent would no doubt lead you to believe that Rastafarianism <laughs> can be whatever. My opponent would have you believe that Rastafarianism can be anything. But it can't. 
But we know what it's not. <laughs> and that, my friend, is Steven Universe. It is not Steven Universe. And therefore, I don't believe Steven Universe. <laughs> All right, right, guys. Find a vote. Who won? Evan or Evan? I say Evan nailed it. Fucking shit. Evan had that in the fucking bag and you know it. Oh, I'm gonna have to give it to Evan. Evan yeah. by by a by a hair, Evan, I guess. You say Evan and not to, Evan Dylan, really? I have to pick one. Okay. Yeah, by a hair because you're too weak to come up with your own logical decisions. Uh... <laughs> well guys, I guess Evan wins. All of you are fucking sheeple. So, last topic. Is it a reflection? This is from Reggie, by the way. We kind of covered this already. On Steven. Yeah, we did a little bit, but it's it was the last question posed, so. Oh. But uh, it's a little different angle. But is it a reflection on Steven that his watermelon Stevens are so quick to become religious zealots worshiping things? Is it is it is it part of is it is it from Steven that they are God worshiping or not? Is the question. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, Ooh, that, that is different. I, yeah. Hmm. Okay. okay, so uh, I, I want to give some thoughts right. on this beforehand, um, because I do have go to leave. Yeah, go for it. Yes, go ahead. That uh, yes, it absolutely is. Stephen is a person who has so many mentors and people he looks up to that when you dilute his personality down, that you find people who want the same kind of thing, just on a much more primal level. Um, Damn, that's a really good point. Yeah. Oh, so, um, okay, yeah. So, I'm gonna leave. Thanks, everyone. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for moderating, Evan. Nice to meet you, Evan. Let's do this again sometime. And, and he disappears back into the ethereal void from whence he came. <laughs> yeah, it's the anniversary. Yeah, <laughs> literally that. I'm gonna say, when is the funeral, buddy? I'll see you there. But you pretty much said it for me. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, okay. So this is Reggie's question. Yes. Okay, Reggie, who's yeah. arguing what? Oh, um, shit. You will be arguing against. Okay, yeah. Against, against the idea that uh, the... That the Stephen inherently is religious, yes. Yeah, okay, we're well, arguing yeah. for it. Okay, Kayla, yeah. do you want to go okay, first? me to open it up. I'll, I'll, we're pro-murder melon. No, not pro-murder melon. Pro-melon sacrificing. Uh, well, I say we're you're pro religion at all. Me, okay, Kayla, go ahead. Yes. Let me let me let me clarify the question really quickly. So the the question is, are the watermelon Stevens uh, drawn to imagery uh, because of their source? Because of the nature of Stephen as their creator, yes. Like, okay. is it does it come from Ste- Stephen? I okay. I'm not. I'm gonna be straight. I keep getting the sides of the argument that I'm like not inclined to argue. Oh yeah, um, like but I'm, yeah. No, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do my damnedest. Um, so I'm gonna say that is not necessarily because the impetus of their experience being alive was the Jesus-esque melon, and then Stephen preaching afterward, like you know, go go think about what you've done, and they did. I'm gonna say that it's not that. I'm gonna say that. Any basic primal group given like consciousness yeah, will like human like consciousness even too. Yeah, given human like consciousness will take toward the idea of worship. Um yeah, and it does, yeah. and it does not matter that they came from Stephen. Yeah. As a group of like sentient beings, uh they will religion yeah i i think that like basically uh any group that is able to ask big questions that they can't have answers to 
will look for an answer somewhere. And if you're getting take yes. a group that has no way to get answers, like at all to anything, and put them like somewhere that they have, like, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, and put them in the fucking middle <laughs> of nowhere where all they have is like one memory of one guy being like, "Don't be bad people." He sacrificed himself. Ha! Like that—that's literally that's going to inspire religion, but that's not because of Stephen making them. That's just because yeah. Stephen happened to be the guy there. Like Re- Stephen's, Greg, yeah. Stephen's spit is not like the water that turned into wine. Yeah, if, if Greg was there, he probably would have pulled them off of everybody, and he would have been like, "You guys can't act like this. What are you doing? You're being monsters." Like I can see any a variety yes. of characters giving the same speech, and all of them forming a religion around. Or it. Connie. Yeah, Connie, Connie would have um, killed it with that, yeah. Talking, talking about this, dude, the Steven, the, the like, B-tracks, fucking wild. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. just the words, the, just the words sentient watermelons coming out of my mouth just now, it's just like, Christ, I don't think too hard about Steven Universe, do I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. yeah. Steven Universe crammed all of yeah. the themes of Nier Automata into a fucking watermelon gag. Yeah, yeah well, also, oh, also, oh, if the show is written by a bunch of disgusting liberal game. fucks, then, you know, obviously it's devoid of religion entirely. Hey, hey, so the hey, same character can't be Disgusting right. liberal Jewish fucks, don't stiff us. Okay, <laughs> that's true, but he, but he doesn't have to get, like, a Hebrew God. Do you believe this Goyim? Fucking Goyim. So that's there was us. Um, what you guys got? Uh, I guess like, yeah, Max. I, I'm gonna be honest. Like Kayla, I find myself on the sign. I'm it's inclined towards. Me too. Uh, oh, so. shit. I should have done it the other way around. That is perfect. <laughs> yeah, Honestly, uh, yeah, I'm. <laughs> now you have to well, I, mean, I guess. I guess here's the thing. Then is the question is, does Stephen? not necessarily worship, but have some kind of predilection towards looking up to icons, and moreover, how firm is he in certain beliefs of his? Because Stephen has lived his entire life under this one mythic figure's shadow, Rose Quartz. Stephen Mm. has always been told about how amazing Rose was. He's always trying to live up to her legacy. He's trying to figure out what she is to him, what it means to be her son, where he's supposed to go forward with his powers. And so combine that fixation on this one mythic figure with how generally so much more enthusiastic Stephen is about things compared to the average person, and I can see how a creature <laughs> spawned from him would kind of mix those into creating a society, well, just creating their own deities. In addition to that, we find out that Stephen is a literal space god, and in a weird roundabout way, it makes sense that things spawned from space god would have a predilection towards worship. Yeah. Also, and uh, this is not to discredit the point that uh, Dylan and Kayla were making at the beginning, because yes, it is. From we're the, debating from, them. No, well, well, from their perspective, what they were saying makes sense, but I feel like there's a misunderstanding in what they were uh, trying to convey when they said that, um, oh, anybody could have given that speech to them, and that's why they and that could have spawned the whole idol worship that they eventually come into. I, I don't think that the point is that because Stephen gave them that message that they became religious. It's that because their life essence is inherently tied to Stephen's life essence yeah. in the way that Stephen well, creates that's, life. That's your argument, though. So I guess maybe to, to put an asterisk on ours, there, in, in ours, Stephen is, 
personal <laughs> views and his, his growing up does not affect the DNA that he's putting into these things that makes them bring them to life. They're coming to life as blank slates to some degree, probably less likely to be violent than not, but they're not going to be, they're going to be equal to a baby Steven level of genetic uh, influence. I would, I would assume Caleb is speaking to the same mm-hmm. kind of area. Yeah. So okay. th- that, I, that's yeah. a kind of implied thing. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, but I guess, for, and I guess that's the difference in the argument that we're making is that I guess me and Max are coming from the perspective that because the because Stephen's life force is inherently tied to the wild men's, I don't think it's something that's like as baseline scientific as genetics that are tying them. But this sort of like they do weird, come from gem power. Yeah, they come from this weird mythical, uh, unexplainable gem uh, power that Stephen has. Therefore, and also the fact that they have, like I mentioned in the earlier debate, they have such an accelerated uh, growth of their societal awareness that. There's clearly more than just um, base uh, societal growth that every uh, sentient race in most media fiction come across. There's some there's some other element there, and I feel like that element is Stephen's power, and with Stephen's personality type uh, tied into that, I feel like that comes into play uh, with the watermelons, and I feel like that ties also into the pebbles from Homeworld because. They, the Pebbles, if they were under rule from the Diverns for so long, they would have this regular, uh, typical homeworld gym attitude thing. But when they recognize that Steven is Pink Diamond, they immediately have this friendly connection because they understand that connection between Steven and Pink and that emotional uh, sort of resonance. And I feel like that ties over to the Watermelons because they also have that similar connect i feel like that is the connection that's occurring with them and the idol worship is that they have this sort of weird like evan said earlier boiled down version of steven sort of uh looking up uh at others sort of um not idol worship but you know what i mean the 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 idealistic look at people who came before you and i feel like that is an aspect that could be tied to proving that the watermelons do indeed get that sort of um, mentality from their creator Stephen, and the dreaded Evan is no longer here yeah, to give us. So I'll, I'll slide in. So uh, I'm Evan now. Hey guys, I'm Evan. I'm really charming. Nah. Hey, what's up? <laughs> um, that's not a mean impression. It's a it's an accurate one. Shades, what do you think? Um, I think I'm gonna give it to Max and Natasha on this one. Oh damn! But fair enough. They oh. they, they did kind of agree with them. Uh, if I were to be <laughs> being honest, <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, PD, what you think, bud? Uh, Shoutbot uh, 4000, because they made me inclined to believe that Rose's influence did have an influence on the watermelons. Alright, um, so we actually, won. I have a Reggie? theory that I want to share after we do voting. Yeah, I'm gonna, um... <clears throat> I'm gonna go with Shoutbot 4000 as well, actually. Okay, it so, was a bad so Blue, what did you want to say? Okay, um, so I was gonna say that, um, the idea of, like, the Watermelon Stevens being like idol worshippers essentially and being tribal and stuff like that isn't a reflection on Steven. It's a reflection on how the diamonds themselves actually designed their powers and what oh, they wanted shit. them to achieve. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. That's a really oh, good argument. This goes a lot further than Damn, I the fan just came on and cucked us on our own fucking podcast. Jesus Christ. This is a way better point than anybody. Bad hammer! Ban hammer. Okay, okay. Let, let, let me finish though. Yeah. All right, so, 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 like, um, 
Peridot like glorifying yellow diamond yeah. in all of like season two. We saw um basically that the gems are space AI and designed intelligently, and we know that because they have injectors that create DNA to put into actual rocks. Like we've seen that. Yeah. So yeah. Knowing this, it's logical to assume that, like, gems are synthesized. And knowing this, it is also logical to assume that their powers are synthesized in the same way. So, you have an organic life, way to control organic life, that you can program. So, you make them as tribal as possible so that they'll believe in the cause of the diamonds and fight for you. Yeah. That, that, and that, then, of course, there's the remaining question... Oh. Of if the diamonds program the rest of the gems, who and the diamonds? And the answer is, of course, the Onyx Wizard. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go grab a bottle of scotch, stare at the wall, and rethink existence. Yeah. Before you do, the final tally. I'm going to give the individual points for individual people. I'm also going to give the points for the teams. And for each point your team makes, you get one individual point. So let me quickly go through this. So, in the teams, Narcolepsy Inc., one point, Shoutbot, 4,002 points. Okay. Dumb. In the individual circuit, adding in the team points, mm-hmm. Kayla, two, Natasha, two, Max, three, Dylan, three. Oh, oh shit. shit. Ooh. So Oh, how do we want to work this out? <laughs> so Max Discord. and Dylan are the winners. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with sharing that. Yeah. Okay. okay. So the so the winner is uh I the guess fans. Shout okay. Incorporated. <laughs> but thank you guys all for coming on. This has been like the longest recording we've done maybe ever. It's been an hour. It's horrible and I, I, need I to thought it was only so hungry. Yeah. <laughs> But thank you for coming on. You're really telling me, Max, it's like seven in the morning here. Exactly. <laughs> breakfast time. Yeah. The real winners were all the fans of the Ringo Zone who listened to this. I, I the friends that all six of you. The real winners are the listeners we lost along the way. <laughs> so now, so now, guys, as with every Ringo Zone episode, it's time for the final thoughts. But the final thoughts will not be given. By us Ringo hosts. Oh, oh shit. Will be given by you three guests, Blue Shades, PD Piranha Plant, and Reggie Mango, our guests on this episode and active members of the Ringo Zone Discord server, which you should definitely join. We, we are going to try and plug more in the episodes themselves now. And yeah. you can find links in this episode and on our social media and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, Blue Shades, how about you go first? I was just really glad to participate in this. I don't know. This is a lot of fun, and I hope we do something like this again. Oh, yeah. But also, I would like to say that maybe next time you guys come up with the topics and the guests do the debating. Ooh. If we can get a fourth uh, fan in here, hell yeah. Do we have more than this many fans? I th- we do. It's a time zone thing. Where we do, like, yeah. If you, you look, we're look, I'm looking over at the side, and there's like they have no people excuse. over there that are offline right now. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. You can work it out. It's, uh, well, it's sun sometimes sets on the Ringo Empire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Our on a plan. Your final thoughts. <laughs> okay. Uh, I've been listening to this podcast since the fourth episode. Oh, and, oh. Wow. An OG fan. Uh, Real neat thing to be a part of an episode. 
And I'm, I'm really thankful that Aww. you guys could come up with this, and it was a, a neat format to do, and I, I would gladly be on here again as a guest. I was going to say, I don't, want, I don't mean to get, like, uh, overly sappy, but just hearing somebody say, I've listened to a thing that you've been a part of since, like, the fourth episode, it just, like, inherently put a smile on my face, so, like, yeah. thank you. Reggie Mango, you're last, buddy. Yeah, it's been good fun. It'd be, uh, I'd like to be on this again. It was great. It, this is very much a uh, don't meet your heroes. <laughs> That's adorable. Okay, we okay I take it back. That put the biggest smile on my face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's been very cool. Sorry my questions were either shipping based or not good. No, no, no I, listen, I, I listen. No, no, I appreciate you, you gave you gave us a you gave us a watermelon side debate. That is the best thing you can contribute to. Well, that was, he gave us the watermelon well, was... side debate. Reggie gave us the watermelon theological. Oh, okay, yeah. We got Max to argue about Lapidot today. Like, it couldn't get better. This is swimmingly. Nah. I, I have the one question. Because yeah. A, I only proposed one. And B, no. I wanted to like have a lighthearted, fun conversation topic and ended up being a very deep discussion on the idea of morality. <laughs> we'll do this again, though. I'm sure I'll, I'll find out. Yeah, we went from, hey, is Mr. Smiley the richest guy in town to <laughs> parents are culpable for the death of people in war. That's just the thing about the you never know how things are going to go. Yeah. You, can make a, you can make a plan and you can expect it to go somewhere, but it just goes nowhere. You're expecting some kind of payoff, but I mean, yeah, but you Caleb, know what? Yeah. What do you say? The payoff is nothing! <laughs>